goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends, to our Wednesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. 800-848-WABC, the number if you want to participate on the program today, 800-848-9222. I'm rushing through it because we have a guest on the line. We rarely do at the top of the hour, but he is so worth it. The one, the only, Congressman from Ohio, Jim Jordan. Congressman Jordan, Great pleasure to have you on the show again. How are you this afternoon? I'm I'm doing fine, Bill. Good to be with you. I uh, hope you're doing well uh, also. I am. I must say, um, I was very disappointed, and many people in this audience were extremely disappointed with the way that you were treated by some of your fellow Republicans when you were running for Speaker. We wanted you to become Speaker of the House. Uh, Not unhappy you. with Mike Johnson. But that's just, and politics is a rough and tumble business. I understand yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, and 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 thanks for for your your help and, and support in that endeavor. Uh, but you're right. Mike Johnson's a great guy, good friend. I mean, Mike and Kelly, Polly and I, we went to uh, a few years ago. We went to Israel together. Uh, just a super guy, Christian guy, solid individual who I think is uh, going to do a do a fine job. And and as you know, Bo, I mean, this this guy's an accomplished lawyer argued cases in front of the Supreme Court, was chairman of our, you know, was on our committee, uh, the Judiciary Committee, but chaired the, the subcommittee on the Constitution, important, important subcommittee, and Mike did an outstanding job there. So, uh, you know, I think Michael Michael do a, do a great job for, not just for us in the House, but more importantly for the country. Now, already the latest uh, bill to avert a government shutdown, the never-ending threat of a government shutdown, has passed. Do you have some people complaining? All oh, the Democrats were needed to uh, to pass the bill, et cetera, et cetera. But this, there is a, a, a wrinkle in this one. The usual playbook is that these uh, these continuing resolutions, these short term deals, usually end up right around the Christmas holidays. Everyone takes off for Christmas. People are busy, not paying attention, and then the spending gets crammed with with whatever's going to come out of it, with all sorts of projects that will never see the light of day that are huge money projects. This one does not do that. This measure takes us through the middle of January, and many people are hopeful that at, at the end of this process, we will actually get something that resembles regular order where bills come through the committee, they go through a process, they're vetted before everything reaches, uh, and you have 12 appropriations bills that come. Do you, do you think that that is a possibility, or we're just going to continue running the government on these continuing resolutions and these short-term deals? Here is that it, it, 
it didn't we don't have that typical big megabus of a bill one big ugly omnibus bill uh you know on on christmas eve and and you're right it's when when you do that it's tough to get in there and and find all the earmarks that politicians put in these these pieces of legislation so this is an effort to try to begin to try to break that i'm hopeful that it that it will um but what you know we'll have to wait and see because you know there's there's a lot of the democrats and Senator Schumer in the, in the Senate, who like the idea of having one big ugly bill and hiding things in there, uh, keeping things in there from the taxpayer. But we'll have to wait and see. Let's let's hope we can get to the 12 individual bills or as many of those as possible and uh, and, and do better policy for the American people. You also have said, you said on Sunday that the House is going to make a decision on whether to bring charges of impeachment against Joe Biden by early next yeah. year. Yeah, what can you fill us in on what's going on there now? So many, so many incremental pieces have dropped. You get another two hundred thousand found here in, yep. in loans with the brother. You have you have all of this money dropping. A total, we're we're talking in excess of over twenty million dollars that has yeah. passed through hands and ended up in the Biden family. People don't understand why taxes haven't been paid on it. Yet you have Hunter Biden's lawyers today saying they want to subpoena Donald Trump and subpoena <laughs> Bill Barr. Yeah, 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 Bill um, Barr. So, uh, look, I, I think we, we have a few more people we need to depose: Hunter Biden, James Biden, uh, Kevin Morris, the, the the individual who just stepped forward and paid a bunch of Hunter Biden's taxes for him. I think we need to talk to all Hunter Biden's business partners: Rob Walker, Eric Swearman. We need to get those in front of uh, the in for a deposition. So there's a few more people we need to talk to. We want to do that this calendar year and then get all the evidence and make a decision. Do we have what warrants actual articles of impeachment and moving to impeachment? Uh, and then then if, if that passes the House, then, then obviously there's a trial in the Senate. But I think that's the logical, smart, constitutional way to do this, the fair way to do this. And that's what we've been proceeding. Now, I do believe the case is already pretty darn compelling, and I would argue it's still the heart of the matter is the, the, the story that's as old as time. You got a politician who takes particular actions that benefit his family financially, and then there's an effort to sweep it under the rug. And that's exactly what happened here. And the best way to tell this story, Bo, is, is to look at what Hunter Biden, Joe Biden did relative to Burisma. Four key facts. Number one, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Number two, he is not qualified to be on the board. In fact, he said so himself in an ABC interview. Fact number three, that executives at Burisma, Burisma asked Hunter Biden, can you weigh in with your dad to help us with the pressure we are under in our country? Fact number four, Joe Biden does just that. And he tells the people in Ukraine, tells the government, we will not give you the loan guarantee money that had already been approved unless you take certain actions with the prosecutor general's uh, office in Ukraine, the very people who were looking into uh, the Burisma executives. That all happened. That is exactly what happened. And then when they try to sweep it under the rug, that is the effort of David Weiss making sure that certain things, this investigation, Hunter Biden was slow walk, that they let the statute of limitations expire for the for the for the years that he get that Hunter Biden got the income from Burisma. So that is the basic story. And then you have all these additional facts that we can layer on top, particularly the money he received in the two hundred thousand dollar check from from this from his from his brother, the money that came to him via China, the CFC. So that's that's the story. We just need to depose all the final witnesses and make sure we have the complete picture. Now, even if there isn't uh, an impeachment, do you think that there is enough for a criminal referral? Uh, we will see. Um, you know, 
the 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 I think you face for you know we're in an impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight duty, and so we continue to do that work, and we'll just have to see. And if so, then then we make we've made criminal referrals before for people who have come in front of Congress and and not testified accurately and and lied to Congress. But we'll have to see as we move through this whole process. Right, let me ask you another question, and I don't mean to put you on the spot with this one, but I'm just speaking for the grassroots people. I'm sure you hear from them. We, we are kind of, many of us are just amazed. We look at things that have happened, for instance, uh, with the Hillary Clinton, in the Hillary Clinton years as Secretary of State, there is no dispute that she mismanaged classified information. Yeah. There's no arguing yeah. that. She did. There yeah. is no arguing the fact that the, uh, in, during the Obama administration, there was a gun running program, Fast and mm-hmm. Furious. We, there is no dispute on so many things on the left that seem to go unpunished. And yet you will see, for instance, uh, Donald Trump dealing with this classified a document case that, <clears throat> and, uh, and other instances, and Joe Biden mishandled classified documents. There's no, there's no arguing against that either. They were found in his garage in Delaware. Yet it yeah. seems that the only people that are ever held to account are on the Republican side for these issues. So we understand there's a two-tier justice system, but here's what I also want to know. Will there ever be some sort of reform that makes it ironclad rules? No, you can't have all these dozens and dozens of emails. If you're conducting government business, you have to conduct government business on on, using government communications so that they all are subject to the sunshine laws. Yeah. <clears throat> no, good question. It's a question we get a lot, and I, and I, I think it's a very important one. Uh, all we can do in the legislative branch is do oversight and then propose legislative solutions and or use, use you know the power of the purse to limit what kind of money goes to some of these agencies that are engaged in this. You're right. There's a two-tiered system. There's a double standard. Uh, it's unfortunate. Now, here's the, here's the good news. Um, that because we have done oversight and drawn attention to these, these issues, there's things are changing. Just sometimes the, you know, sunlight changes behavior as well. And we're seeing that, uh, for example, the IRS announced three months ago that they will no longer be making unannounced visits to American citizens' homes. And the commissioner at the IRS said, we're doing this for the safety of our agents. Baloney. They're doing this because we caught them knocking on Matt Taibbi's door at the very time he was testifying in front of the Judiciary Committee about the censorship from the federal government. And the FBI is trying to intimidate him knocking on his door. And we made a big issue of this. And now the FBI said we will no longer be doing that. Same thing is happening with these universities that we caught working with the government to censor Americans. And it was disproportionately censoring conservatives. These universities have been a number of stories now. Oh, it's costing us because the Judiciary Committee is investigating this activity, the research we're doing. And we're, we're trying to defend the First Amendment. But these, these universities are beginning to back off doing what they were doing, which is, again, a win for the First Amendment. So sometimes just the oversight itself can help remedy the situation we're still looking at legislation, but to hold specific people accountable, that has to come from the executive branch. That has to come from the Justice Department. And frankly, that's one of the reasons I think you, uh, you need a Justice Department that's actually going to enforce the law equally amongst uh, the American people. Well, here's another question that just comes to mind in terms of oversight. I just, I'm stunned. Every time I see um, a Secretary Mayorkas or some of the other members of yeah. this administration testify, and 
they have, it seems like they don't care that there's oversight. Uh, yeah. At all. You ask them specific questions about what's happening. They will not answer. They do not answer. And, of course, this idea that it is the, it, Civics 101, Congress does have oversight over these yep. executive branch agencies. How do you enforce this to actually make these guys do what it is or at least answer questions to duly represented, uh, duly elected representatives yeah. of the people's house. Yeah, you uh, you press when they're there. You press as hard as you can, which is what we do in our, our committee when we have those Mr. Ray or Mr. Mayorkas or you know Mr. Garland in front of our committee. Um, you, you do the best you can, but uh, you you can look at the power uh, that the legislative branch has over some of these uh, over the executive branch, which is the power of the purse, which is writing legislation. And of course, it's the impeachment power, and we're looking at all those 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 issues. Um, but the ultimate the ultimate check is election day every four years when you decide who is going to run the executive branch, who is going to be the commander in chief, who is going to be the chief executive of the of the executive branch of our government, and that is a critical election. Obviously, it's the most important election, I would argue. And of course, I am a hundred percent behind President Trump, and hope he's our next president. Where you get the right kind of remember, in just literally four years' time, we have went. Speaking of Mayorkas, we have went from a secure border under President Trump to no border under President Biden. And you can look at any policy area, Bill, and it's it's been the same. We went from safe streets under President Trump to record levels of crime in the Biden administration. We went from stable prices to record inflation. We went we went from two dollar gas. To three, four, five dollar gas. We went from being respected because there was strength projected from the Oval Office under President Trump. We went from that to Joe Biden. And of course, we've seen what we've been talking about, the weaponization of the federal government, these agencies against we the people. All that has happened under Joe Biden. And it's why you need a new executive. Uh, it's why you need a new president. And of course, it's why we I hope President Trump's our next our next president. Me too. Well, Representative Jordan, thank you for spending so you much bet. time with us today. We love having you on. We'd like to keep in touch with you and see what's going okay. on, especially, you know, that there's there's only one blessing to all of this, and that's you're still running the House Judiciary Committee, thankfully. <laughs> but boy, thank it you. sure would have been nice to have you as Speaker of the House. So oh, thank who you, knows Thanks what the, the future work. holds? Yeah. Thank you, well, Representative Jim Jordan. Take care. Thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you on WABC. We kick it off today musically with the Thompson Twins. Tony Thompson. No. Joe Leeway. Percussion. From the, Tom from the Thompson Twins born today. Percussion player with the Thompson Twins, Joe Leeway. Born in 1957. I saw Tony Thompson. Tony's like, wait a minute. Tony Thompson's in Chic. Yeah, that's a Chic one. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're coming back. 800-848-WABC. Lots of news. Can't wait to get into some. This is a news-busting day. And we'll come back, get to some of that news and your calls. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. You say I'm a dreamer.
Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The 1991 other French music producer Jacques Morali passed away, died of complications from AIDS. He's the guy that formed the Village People. Produced over 65 albums. And he also co-produced their film, Can't Stop the Music. Jacques Morali. We remember him today on WABC. As I mentioned before, he went into break, and thank you again, Congressman. Uh, he's one of our favorites, always. Jim Jordan, he's just amazing. Uh, Mayor Adams, ladies and gentlemen, now get this. And this is, this is expected. Mayor Adams is warning today of extremely painful spending cuts that are going to be part of New York City's budget. The budget update that drops this week. Mayor Adams said that uh, this has a laundry list of extremely painful spending cuts that will impact millions of Americans. It will hamper all municipal agencies, including the New York Police Department. Why? <clears throat> you know why. He said in all his time in government, this is probably one of the most painful exercises he's gone through. He says that he is being forced to enact deep spending cuts to offset hundreds of millions of dollars in cost incurred from sheltering and providing services for tens of thousands of mostly Latin American migrants who have arrived in the city since last year. Let me, of course, translate the news speak there. Mayor Johnson, I'm sorry, Mayor Adams, says he's got to enact all of these spending cuts because illegal immigrants have flooded New York and no one is taking responsibility of them. So you, the taxpayers of New York, have to pay for the people that have come into your country illegally. And just shut up about it. Don't mind if you are less safe because of it, because these cuts are going to also hit the New York Police Department don't mind whatever social services you rely on through your tax dollars as a citizen. You must now pay and suffer because of the federal bureaucracy under Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, and their decades-old stance on welcoming in people who break American law to get here. That's the bottom line. So this is going to hurt you. And too bad. We've already briefly discussed this new shutdown aversion with the new House Speaker. I love the way the BBC reported it. The BBC's headline on that, U.S. House Speaker passes bill to avert shutdown with Democrat support. No, Congress passed the bill. Another headline in the Wall Street Journal, like <clears throat> Kevin McCarthy. Mike Johnson 
had no choice other than to rely on Democrats. The difference is people knew that Mike Johnson did not have time to go about any other method with the shutdown coming so close, especially given the two weeks in time that was lost when they were out of town after Kevin McCarthy was booted. So they're giving him sort of a grace period on this. If this continues with these continuing resolutions, we also talked about that with Representative Jim Jordan. I'm going to tell you, things are going to get ugly because people are expecting a change, a finally a change. Now, big news today from Joe Manchin. This has the left petrified. In an interview with NBC's Kirsten Walker, West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin says he first has to explore whether there is an appetite among voters for a moderate candidate like him. Then he'll make up his mind, but he says he would absolutely, absolutely consider running for president. And to this news, I say rejoice, rejoice. This is great news. Great news. New Hampshire is in the news. Boy, I'm almost tempted to roll out terrorist theme, but I won't. I'm almost tempted because this one is so delicious. I love this story so much. I have been following this story ever since Joe Biden and the Democrats used the race card. Oh, go ahead. Joe Biden and the great... Now, what we have here, folks, we had an absolute, an absolute failure to communicate properly. We, we, we Democrats, see, we, we, we make a big deal about how much we love our, 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 our black people. We, we do, we make, we, we love them. That's what we say. Now, we don't behave like that, but that's what we say. In public, that's the narrative that we love them. Now we really don't care nothing about them, but we we look we look we, we say we love them, and that keeps us in power. Now here's what happened: in order to placate some of the blacks, we said that we was going to stick it to them Yankees. We was going to stick it to them Yankees up there in New Hampshire. And them Yankees out there, in that flyover part, what that Iowa, somewhere like that. We ain't never been to no Iowa. We heard about Iowa. Is that the place we get all that corn from, or is it potatoes? I, I'm anyway. I digress. So here's what we did. We want to make the black folks feel important. So we told them that we was going to put South Carolina up first so that black people would actually have a voice in the Democrat selection process for president. That's what we told them. Now, we told them that, but we didn't really expect anything to happen here. We thought that them, them, them Yankees up in New Hampshire just roll over with us and play along with the game. 
Come on, make it look like we care. But then, then the unexpected happened. New Hampshire insists that they are going to go first. And today, you know what them Yankees did. They totally ignored Joe Biden. They totally ignored the DNC. And they said, we still going to go first. We don't care that we mostly white folk up here. What's wrong with you, boy? Y'all think we're going to stop voting just because y'all say y'all got to get in the back seat? We ain't getting in no back seat. So they told Joe Biden, they told the Democrats at the DNC, they told them folk down there in South Carolina to stick this thing where the sun don't shine. Boy, they say, I ain't studying you, boy. We ain't, I ain't studying you one bit. We ain't going to know. We are not going to vote second, third, or fourth. New Hampshire got it in law that we go first and we going first. That's what they told them and they mean it. We are going first. And y'all stick that plan to put them color, I mean, to put them people in South Carolina up first because we ain't budging. We ain't going for it. And tough toenails and tough tooties or to whoever don't like it. And that's the news. Huh. Take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it. Remember Millie Vanilli? In 1990, Frank Farian held a press conference. He was the producer. There had been rumors circulating around that the two guys that would come out and sing like Millie Vanilli, Ron and Fab, weren't Millie Vanilli. They were just lip syncing. And guess what? The rumors were right. On this day in 1990, news broke Millie Vanilli, bunch of fakes. The guys who were out there Millie Vanillying weren't Millie Vanilli, they were lip syncers. Now these days it wouldn't matter hella beans because almost everybody that pretends to be musicians lip sync. But back then it was a big deal. Millie Vanilli, fake news on this day in 1990. Coming back right after this. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now 
Yes. 1987. Dire Straits becomes the first act to sell over 3 million copies of an album. Not here. Across the pond. In the United Kingdom. Yeah, my favorite. Omar is playing on this. Omar Hakeem's playing drums on this one. All right, I have a question for the staff. Thank you, gentlemen. I have a question for all of you. You use social media, this correct? I'm not asking. You use, yes, it's not a crisis. It is a crisis. You use social media, correct? Yes. You Okay. So here's the question to everybody in the room. Nikki Haley, running for the president of the United States of America, has said, First thing she's going to do when she gets off, the first thing we have to do on social media accounts, they're going to have to show you their algorithms. That's number one. I don't know whether you're interested in seeing their algorithms, but they have to show them to you. But the second thing and the first thing is that every person on social media is going to have to be verified by their name. No more anonymity, no more hiding behind anonymous little makeup names and all that. She's going to make it so if you use social media, you have to at least be verified by your real name. My question for the staff, is that a good idea? Is she on the right track here or is this a bad idea? You first, Diego. Is, uh, I'll say this. Isn't that what they do in China? I don't know what the commies do. I think that's, that's what they do qu- in China. I, but I do you think comments. it's a? I don't think it's do a good you, idea. I do not think you it's a good idea. Why not? You want to be able to just get on there and hide anonymously and just? I mean, it's yeah. Some of these some of these accounts are very fun because you can make a you can make an account about anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be a bad thing, you know, like fan accounts. But mm-hmm. if, like, but if everyone's just just has their name, I mean, I guess it's like. Not terrible, but like he, like you have to. Uh, everything gets tied back to you, you know. Carlos, thank you, Diego. Carlos, you social media. Do you think this is a good idea? You're going to have to be verified by your name on social media accounts, says Nikki Haley, if she know. gets to be president. Oh, um, I, I don't agree with her. Uh, I think it's like, you don't agree with her. I don't. I really don't. I think it's like a measure that she might think might work for her trying to take over the situation over here but i don't think um should i get ahead of everything i don't think because like diego said all these fan accounts and every like all this like maybe satiric satiric accounts as well where they post like funny stuff or i don't know us and like uh when we're down like we we like smile a little bit about i don't think like this is going to be possible with all this verification that she's uh, proposing Uh uh-huh Felipe, Felipe, you're Philip. What do you think? Do you think on social media you would feel comfortable with Nikki Haley president? Okay, rules change on your social media accounts. From now on, you need to be verified. Every post, every person on social media should be verified by their name. Is what she said. President Nikki Haley, that's funny. No, I don't think um, I'm. I'm totally against. Uh, oh, I'm not. What a shot! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How else am I supposed to trash Bill. Nikki Haley on Twitter uh, with through like you know the veil of an anonymous account if I can't if I have to uh, prove it? You know, 
I can't. I'm against it. No, I don't think uh, I got to. I got to be able to trash people online without any consequences. TJ, what do you say? <laughs> no, just flat out no. It's never going to happen. You think? All right. Let me pose something to you. I saw that now. Ron DeSantis went off on her. Ron DeSantis said, you know, uh, people that went, went under anonymous names at our uh, founding. Those guys that put together the Federalist Papers used anonymous. They were anonymous. And right now you're proposing to strip the people of the right? They said they don't, and, and Diego, you're right. Because they say, the criticism, there's no reason to make China America more like China by imposing draconian message measures on what is controlled. So I'm, I'm assuming from that that China does implement, you gotta, we got to know your name. You know there were non- anonymous writers back in the day, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, James Madison, when they wrote the Federalist Papers, wrote Governor Ron DeSantis on X, formerly known as Twitter. Let me just say something, though, to all of that. At the time that the founders were writing in the Federalist Papers, There were no bots. There were no make-believe creatures controlled, thousands of make-believe creatures controlled by one or two individuals populating public opinion. There was no such thing as bots. The technology didn't exist. Let me also say this. If you look on X now, you don't know who's, who's who and who's not. I got a follower the other day. I was stunned. Very famous person, maybe. Not verified, I'm not sure who it is, somebody with a fake account. There are zillions of fake accounts with people claiming to be Elon Musk. There are dozens, there's, there's so many scams being run that we don't know who's who on social media. Now, I don't know whether she's saying you can't use an alias or that you have to be a verified person. There has to be a way to track you down if you're using social media. And if she's saying that there has to be a way to track you down, then I think it's worth a discussion. As for showing us the algorithms, I wouldn't know what an algorithm looks like if they showed it to me. How many of us would... What, what would that prove? What, 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 and they're going to change it anyway. So I don't know. It's all very puzzling to me. But the staff here adamantly opposes this by Nikki Haley. I'm not so sure. You know, again, these thousands and millions of bots. And there is everything on Twitter now. I get so much stuff. I used to see these people say, no DMs, no porn. I'm like, no porn? No, people are, <sighs> moving on. 77 WABC listeners, it's time to make a real impact. Did you know that hunger is a harsh reality for many in our communities? You have the power to make a difference. Join us in the fight against hunger by donating to our Feed the Needy campaign. Your generosity can turn empty stomachs into full hearts. Every contribution, big or small, brings us one step closer to a hunger-free community. 
Let's come together and create a ripple of change. Visit our website at wabcradio.com slash feed the needy and be a hero to someone who's been waiting for someone to care. That's wabcradio.com slash feed the needy. Donate today and be the change. Let us head to the telephones very quickly. And Adam is calling from Minneapolis. You're up next on WABC. You're up first today, actually. How are you, Adam? I'm all. I'm all right. I'm not in Minneapolis. I'm in Mineola. But um, well, then anyway, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, is going on, sir? Well, the Rasmussen no. and the Emerson polls got Biden ahead of Trump. That's two things. And Nikki mm. Haley will never be president, so stop talking about her. Thank you. <laughs> Boy, y'all are cutting Nikki Haley to shreds. I have an article in the stacks of news today that Nikki Haley is surging, that her campaign is surging in a number of states. So you use the word never, and I don't know about the word never. But I'm talking about it because this is an interesting, to me, social media and stripping away the anonymity from it, it could have benefits. Red, By the uh, way, well, real quick, sorry, I read a comment on Twitter uh, about this. It said, uh, "Bold of her to, uh, you know, try to get rid of fake names on social media when she is running with a fake name, Nikki." <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Nikki gets cut up here. <sighs> uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is also in the news. He has launched a petition to get rid of Rona McDaniel as the RNC chair. I'm sick and tired of this Republican establishment that has made us a party of losers. Where's the accountability for years of losing 2018, 2020, 2022, and now 2023? He said on X. And he's putting up a, a petition to get rid of Rona McPhail, Rona McDaniel. Fire Rona is a website that has been branded and paid as paid for by Vivek 2024. So he's not letting it rest. He wants to get rid of Rona McDaniel, McDaniels. There's a new story today. We'll go to it in depth. Speaking of social media, Meta, that would be Facebook. Allowing political ads that question the 2020 election. But if you have any doubts about 2024, you are being censored on Facebook. The tech giant now hosts ads on its platform that say the 2020 election was rigged or stolen, according to the Wall Street Journal. But yet, if you dare say that about 2024, not going to happen on Facebook. Birthday today, Frida Lingstad, Swedish singer Annie Fried Lingstad from ABBA. This, of course, their big one, Dancing Queen. Time for us to check in with our very own Lou Dobbs, and then your phone calls. Keep it here on WABC Bosnerly's Rush Hour.
This is The Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, 1980, Blondie goes number one, stays number one. This is their third single of the year back in 1980. The Tide is High, written by reggae star John Holt. Yeah, by the way, down there in Georgia, Fannie Willis says that his trial should be underway election, by the time Election Day rolls around next year. She's expecting the trial to still be going on, Election Day. If this isn't, they're just telling you, yeah, we're trying to interfere with the election. Just putting it right out there. Anybody care? There's a large article today in USA Today, Black Voters Showed Their Power in the 2023 Elections. Here's why they could pick the president in 2024. I'll get to that. I'm going to put that on the side. Also, the First Lady of New Jersey, Tammy Murphy, is running for Senate. Let me give a heads up to every Republican in the political operations somewhere in New Jersey. Would you please... Find a suitable candidate to run against this woman, this Tammy Murphy. So you want her husband. You see what he's doing to the state, and now you want the wife in the Senate? Are you nuts? There has to be a Republican somewhere in New Jersey that can run against Tammy Murphy. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. To hear what you have to say, let's start with Margaret in Ardsley. Margaret, welcome. How are you? I'm okay, James. Um, thanks for taking the call. I was just thinking about uh, Mayor, um, Mayor Adams. He needs to stick to the New York City budget for the people. He needs to stand up for the people in New York. Stick to the budget. Whatever is left over, he can use to help the migrants. And if he needs more money for the migrants, maybe he can find it, uh, some of the loss of money from the de Blasio administration. Boom. It's too late. Mayor, Mayor Adams says, nope, you're going to suffer. He's going to deep spending cuts in all, including New York Police Department. So things aren't in enough chaos now with the criminals roaming about. He's going to make cuts to the police department, too. Thank you. For the call, Margaret. Sonny in Rockland County. Rockland County, New York. Sonny, thank you for waiting. What's on your mind? Yeah, how you doing, Bo? Yeah, this is a little bit off topic, but I was trying to get this uh, on the air. It was a misconception on Veterans Weekend, and I, I waited an hour and a half to, to get this on there, and I was never called. But anyway, let me get to it. Yeah, I just want to clarify something about the Sullivan brothers that passed away. You know, that was their ship was bombed over World War II, and they were saying, somebody on, on the show, said that there was one brother was was alive but no i just want to clarify that all five brothers they perished out at sea in the atlantic and right and all five of the sullivan brothers and what i said was i said after that the whole movie i mentioned saving private ryan that was another story but they that was based on a true story yes it was but the original one is a black and white uh, that's uh, about the Fire Brothers, and if I encourage everyone to watch it, and there's a pier on Staten Island named after these Fire Brothers called the Sullivan's Pier, and there's a beautiful monument if anybody wants to go see it. Thank you, Sonny. 
thank you for waiting and your patience to get that vital that message through. Thank you. Lou in Queens, you're up next on Rapid Phones. What's on your mind? Hey, James. In 1994, California uh, passed Proposition 187, which said that American taxpayers should not provide benefits to illegal aliens. What happened, in a nutshell, is the Ninth District Court blocked it, and uh, the governorship changed from Republican to Democrat, it was never taken to the Supreme Court. I suggest the Republicans relook this issue and bring it as either a state by state or federal uh, um, uh, referendum to see what our Well, we don't have it. <clears throat> Lou, you're absolutely right. The courts overturned the will of the people with Proposition 187, Prop 187. We don't have a national referendum. If we did, oh. That would be number one on the list. Time is up. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we will be back tomorrow. For the Thursday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour, and see you then. Bye. Bye.